Welcome. You have found another episode of Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. I'm Tom Singer, and I have the honor to host this show. And every week, we talk to people about how you can make more money and find more success in the business of speaking. And today, we are talking to Rachel Shearing. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tom. First time caller, long time listener. I am so excited to be here. So Rachel, what are your two tips that are going to help speakers avoid and or overcome burnout? Stay vigilant on your feelings and know what's burning you out. And you've got to know what makes you happy. Wow. Well, this is going to be a fun episode because Rachel actually listens to every episode of the show. So she's a Speakernomics fan. And what she does is she is a keynote speaker and master of ceremonies. And her area of expertise is burnout and happiness. We don't want burnout, but you know what? We all want more happiness. And she helps people get to the success that they desire. Now, she has a background in the events industry, and she loves margaritas, her husband, and her dog, and I'm not sure in which order. Depends on the day, Tom, honestly. <laughs> the dog and margaritas always competing. It, if my husband has his shirt on or off, that also changes his rank. Okay, that is now too much information for speakernomics. <laughs> However, as you can tell already, Rachel brings fun, energy, and positivity everywhere she goes. And so that's what we're going to strive for on today's episode. So let's get into this whole idea of burnout, because you know what? The last year, the last year has been hard for everyone who works in the events business. And those of us who work in speaking, you know, I, for some people, there's just got to be just crazy burnout. So before we get into your tips, you know, one of the things I'd like to ask you is, what does burnout even mean? Yeah, I, I think that's a great question because burnout's becoming a buzzword of a, a bit. You know, it can range everywhere from a little bit stressed out to just totally over something in your work life or personal life. Uh, clinically speaking, if you were to ask the World Health Organization, they call it uh, a syndrome of working people. So this is something that they classify only happens to people who are doing work. And I just want to say out loud that that means paid work and unpaid work. So shout out to all the people who have been at home with kids uh, through just the past 14 months. But all that to say, the definition I like to go through life with and bring on stage with me is burnout is when joy leaves your work, which is, I think, vital because, Tom, remember when you figured out speaking was a career? You remember that moment? <laughs> yeah, I, I fully remember it because I was like, wait a minute, they'll pay me to talk? This is awesome. Totally, totally jackpot. And it's amazing. And I think no matter what industry you're in, there's this moment that I hope is true for all of us in the working world where we think, wow, I get to do this and I compensated for it and I get to be part of people's uh, events and dreams and memories and moments. And, you know, just the moment where you touch someone's brain and they have that aha light bulb and you're like, come with me if you want to change. It's beautiful. And when you start to lose that, 
well, your impact goes down and your your business, you know, look at the data and the numbers start to go down. And then there's other things that go up in your life. And I think my theory is in 2021, it's not if burnout happens, it's when it happens to us, because at the core of it is things have changed. So you said something interesting, and I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit, but you said burnout actually comes when joy leaves. And I think for a lot of people, joy has left the speaking business because not everybody loved virtual. Now, I'm going to be totally honest there. I have some friends who are like, I never want to get on a plane or a stage again, working from my house with no pants and, you know, just having my stand up desk and all this. They have more. They have more joy doing virtual. So I want to be fair that there's two sides to this story. But there's a lot of people who listen to Speakernomics who are like, please, please, I just want to get booked get on a plane, get my TSA pat down and get out there. And the joy for the last 13, 14 months has been sucked out. So now they've hit burnout. Are there any other reasons why speakers would hit burnout? Yeah, I think a lot of times it has to deal with our clients and the folks that hire us. I mean, I break it down into three levels. Burnout happens because the people we serve have changed, whether it's, you know, clients who uh, first saw your value and then now, you know, bartering or negotiating over every nickel, dime and half cent. Uh, You know, another reason burnout happens is oftentimes because the people we trust have changed. Maybe it's mentors or leaders. Maybe it's, you know, um, perhaps peer agencies or ways that we had gotten business through bureaus. I mean, those folks around us, if we're on a stormy sea in our industry right now, there's a lot of debris. It's all like we're in Titanic and we're just gripped onto the doors, you know, and we're holding on for dear life. And some of us are rowing. Some of us have larger maybe pieces than others. But at the end of the day, when things change, it sets us all off balance. And I just want to say out loud, the ego gets involved too, because burnout happens when you've changed. And sometimes it's the world around you that changes. And sometimes it's you, but burnout happens sometimes when you see the world outside of your window changing and you say, I don't want to tap into that. I know a lot of folks, you know, that have used this time to sunset, whether it's a client who sunset a conference that wasn't going to be profitable anyway and hasn't been. They've just been too prideful to say anything. Or it's folks who have maybe been on the road 200 days a year and are saying, you know what, I don't want to rebuild this. Let me maybe go back into coaching, for example. You know, Tom, the day probably in 2019 that you couldn't be paid enough to be a coach. And maybe in 2021, it's the year of coaching again. No, absolutely. I can fully relate to to a lot of that and, and that burnout coming from things changing. I I had a traditional speaker business. I spoke or I was the MC. I got paid. I went home. I went to the next gig and I was doing 40 to 50 of those a year for seven or eight years. And now I have four different things I do. I, I, I took a job with an international executive search firm doing business development. I still have my speaking business. I host three podcasts besides my own show. I host Speakernomics and then two others, one for a company, one for another association. And I have 14 coaching clients that I'm working with right now. So that has created burnout. Not that I don't love all four areas of where I'm working, but I used to have a lot of downtime because when I wasn't speaking or I wasn't doing business development for my speaking business, I could do whatever I wanted. Now I'm actually working a lot and that's causing me to have to sit back and, and reassess things. So how do I handle that burnout? 
Yeah. It's the questions of, and to me, I love dropping truth bombs on myself. I think that the best things in life come from when you get sick and tired of your own BS and you start to say, okay, let's sit down. Do, do I want what I don't have anymore? Do I want it bad enough to really work for it? If not this, then what? Um, if your clients are burning you out, what are the clients you love? What are the clients you can't stand? What are you doing to actively attract the clients you love? I think this is a, a huge one. I make a very strong statement uh, about margaritas. You know, I, I have clients that have been sober for 30 years. I have clients that I would love to grab happy hour with. You know, it, it runs the gamut. But I'll tell you, when you meet me, you understand my energy is perhaps similar to a margarita. Definitely full octane and a little salty on the rim. I'm cool with it. <laughs> now, are you an on the rocks margarita girl or are you a frozen margarita person? I am an on the rocks and a half salt. I'm a half salt. I can't handle the full salt. But all that to say, I'm really mindful about the clients I'm trying to attract because the clients that maybe are a little bit more buttoned up and don't appreciate that kind of like maybe um, jovialness in the professional realm. You know what, Tom? They're not for me. And, and that's great because you know why? NSA gives me a whole boatload of folks in our MC group and in our Facebook groups that I can refer. I mean, that's part of the reason I joined NSA admit last year was my first official time being a national member. And that's because I wanted to find my island and get closer to the folks that understood if we're going to go through the storm, go through the storm together. And also, too, I wanted the ability to know people so that I could take the clients I don't want and refer them on. Blessings to them. I also want to say out loud, the folks that you had before COVID or going through this business aren't the same folks that you need to have on the other side. It's okay to evolve out of the people in your circle and get new ones. If someone's absence from your life gives you peace, that is not a loss. I love, I love that. And there's so many things that you said there. One of the things you said is some of the people we had in our world before COVID aren't the same people that we necessarily are going to have from this point going forward. Now, you have a real upbeat, peppy attitude about that, but that might cause a lot of trepidation for some people to think, New clients, different types of clients, uh, new people in the speaking industry, new people coming into our association. How do you deal with that if, you, if, if what you just said wasn't exciting to somebody, but instead scary? How do they deal with that? Well, I would make the jump that I am younger in my speaking career. I'm in year four or five at this point of being a full-time speaker. And one of the things when I hear somebody having fear or maybe hesitation, especially around things that could potentially, A, be new income um, for our, our, our membership and our organization, um, B, could bring new ideas, C, could tell me how to get this freaking printer in my house to work because I still can't get the printer to work. I can get these mics, but I can't get the printers. Um, this idea of maybe hesitation around it, I would just ask, what's the fear? Are you are you fearful that someone's going to encroach on maybe your stage time? I think there's enough clients for everybody. Are you fearful that you don't know the technology enough? Okay, 
continue to subscribe to the vault, continue to listen to speakernomics, continue to post and ask for help. I, I think one of the greatest things we've seen through all of this is that we've all gone boggle and had to figure it out together, except for you and Elizabeth Green, Tom, because somehow you all have been doing this for years ahead of everyone else. You are the Oracle. <laughs> but this idea of saying, hey, listen, I really admire you. And I love what you do here. Can you help me? Or can you give me the backstage pass? Or can you help me figure out how to do this for myself? There is nothing greater. We all know this than the ability to teach someone else. It, no one's going to, I think this is what's so cool about it. There's no judgment here. I don't know. Can you help me? That's a gift of love because Tom, when someone asks you for your help, how good do you feel when you're able to give it? Oh, I agree. I think, and that's what has made the National Speakers Association such an awesome place to belong to is the amount of people who really subscribe to that spirit of Cavett, who are willing to help, who are willing to take the time and give that advice. All right. So, Rachel, when we kicked off this podcast, you gave two tips and we've touched a little bit on them already, but I want to go deep. The first tip was that if you're going to avoid or deal with burnout, you have to know what's burning you out. So, so what do you mean by that? The people around you, the people that's hiring you, or is it the rules that you've set on yourself? That's really what I'm talking about here. And I will say when it comes to staying vigilant on your feelings, we get in the rut. I think a lot of times of saying, I have to do this, Tom, no, we don't. I don't know about you, but I did not get burned out from a job that was owned by a company, a company owned by someone else to only be my own boss making arbitrary rules. Part of the benefit of working, uh, you know, in our own businesses and a lot of times autonomously, though, there are some folks who are NSA members, uh, you know, that work for larger organizations. I just want to say there are five-year-olds out there that can't do things because their parents tell them they can't, they should listen us, please. We're the ones making lines in the sands that are totally arbitrary. You can't, or you don't want to, you don't want to, I'm okay with it, but don't say you can't. There's always an opportunity. And I'll tell you the truth of it. When I personally burned out and I was figuring out where my spot in life was going to be, I was avoiding hearing the fact that I wanted to be a professional keynote speaker like the plague. I didn't want to hear it in my mind. I don't know. There was just something about it that I avoided. And one of the things that really came to me was if I am not going to put myself First, if I'm going to shoot down all the ideas and all my desires first, then that's honestly, it's insulting to the, the universe or God or whatever anyone believes that put desires in my heart. It, it, the conference call of my dreams and the conference call of your calling, it's not a conference call. It's not up for everyone to understand. It is a one, one directional vision. It's our job to pick it up. So to me, it's you don't have to be who you've always been. Um, and what are the beliefs around yourself? What is burning you out? Is it someone else in the outside world? Can you mitigate them? Can you set better expectations? Or is it you? Is it saying I have to or I can't or I shouldn't? You know, I, I'll be honest. I will. I will mortgage my house, move in with my mother and do what I need to do. Take multiple jobs. That's what I did when I started out this business because I believed in it. And you know what, Tom? I don't think you and I are alone in the fact that in 2021, we didn't, in 2020, we thought we'd only have, you know, this segment of business to do. Now we're doing a lot of different things because the dream is worth it and because the impact is worth it. 
And I think that really speaks a lot to, you know, maybe it looks good on the outside to just say, oh, no, this is who I am. I don't want to know what you do when someone asks who you are. I, I, I think we got to be our own people there. So you bring up a really interesting point that hit really close to home. If you talked to me 18 months ago, I self-identified by my career as my job. I would have answered that question as I'm a speaker. And having gone through some issues of my own not related to the pandemic and all of the issues related to the pandemic, I have gotten past that piece that I don't I don't have to be a speaker to be me and to find fulfillment and happiness. I want to be a speaker, but it's not my self-identity anymore. And that's super interesting. And congratulations, by the way, you're blazing the trail forward because you do. Others can. I believe that a thousand percent. But it's a very Americanized ideal. The American dream says that, you know, you you're on this path and it's only upwards and and you've only got the one path when the reality looks like 50 million different graphs and they're going up and down in every which way. Because, Tom, as great of a speaker as you were at one point in your career, maybe you were the best, the best, the best, the best, the best. You could have maybe not been the best son or the best husband or maybe the best neighbor. And success works on a matrix. And we can't just define ourselves the way I'd like to suggest that we define it, especially right now. But don't just take it right now. Move it forward is setting goals personally, professionally, health wise and relationship wise, personally, professionally, health and relationship wise. Those are some of the cornerstones. When we get burned out, it starts in our work world. And when happiness leaves your work for people that self-identify with their work a lot, people who love their work. And I just want to say, I love my work and I never, I never don't want to love my work. But when we start to lose that love, it starts to spill over into these other quadrants. And you know what stinks worse than not being successful professionally is not being successful professionally and burned out and having a horrible uh, personal life and having no close relationships and having uh, our health be completely poor. That That's bad straights, my friend. So Rachel, you said something that I want everybody to take a step back, whether you're driving, you're out for a run, wherever you listen to your speakernomics love. Success works on a matrix. While we're here talking about how to build a better speaking business, it isn't just about your speaking business. That was that was fantastic. Now, when you started unpacking this first tip with me, one of the things you said was, you know, that people have rules for themselves as independent business people that they set, that we get caught up behind our own rules. What kind of rules do you think that speakers have set for themselves that you think we need to step away from to not be burned out? That's a great question. I'm hesitant to give specific rules because I like to say I don't tell people what to think. I just give them some things to think about and some ways to think about it. So I just want to say out loud, I know that I'm a very economically motivated person. I'm also a very impact motivated person. And that's one of the reasons I like listening to speakernomics. It helps me in both of those realms. But I would say some of the things that you can consider might be around the rules you place on time. I think social media, I think branding, I think uh, number of gigs versus cost of gigs versus um, defining what kind of gigs you get. Uh, I'll tell you, Tom, I think one of the things that's been very interesting to watch as a more junior speaker in the industry is watching people define keynoter versus non-keynoter versus presenter versus breakout versus all this kind of stuff. Here's the thing, Tom. Who cares? You care. Individuals care. 
And and here's the thing. Paychecks occasionally care. I get it. But at the end of the day, I'm thrilled that we're all speakers. I'm thrilled we're here to build a better life and a better business and make a better impact and deliver from stage. And however you're doing that, whether it's to one or one million, I'm going to count you in a speaker family. And I don't care the nuance between it. But if you care and if you say, I'm a keynote or I'm only going to be the, you know, the opening bill or the closing or I don't close. Okay, but that's your rule. That's no one else's rule. And by the way, Tom, I just want to say it out loud. Did you notice that no one else thinks about you nearly as much as you think about you? (laughs) Nobody's out there being like, wow, you see, Tom, he used to be an opening, but he's closing that one conference in San Antonio. (laughs) Nobody does it, right? It's just all up in here. So we all have these arbitrary things, though. You know, one of the arbitrary rules I'll tell you that was making me completely miserable in my own business was um, high performers get up at 6 a.m. Tom, no, I'm I'm like European at heart. I will stay up till two or three in the morning every single day of my life. And it's my zone of genius. I love it when the lights are low and I'm listening to Dean Martin. And I just I get into my groove. Everyone in the house is asleep. But if you wake me up before 9 a.m., I'm not my best and I don't look my best. Rachel, you and my (laughs) wife would get along fine. She still argues. She's not sure that sunrise is a real thing. She thinks that's a lie that people have told her her whole life because she's never seen one. I love that. Sunsets are the most beautiful thing ever. And I'm not looking for a challenger to that statement. That's the way my, that's, (laughs) that's the way my wife looks at things. So your second tip that you shared with us was know what makes you happy. Now, you would think this wasn't a tip, like everyone should know what makes them happy. But I agree that a lot of people, and I've been there myself, really don't know what the, where the joy comes from. So how do people find where their joy is and what makes them happy? Well, I'll define it for you, Tom, and then, and then I'll answer. I define joy and happiness, specifically joy, as happiness that is not dependent on other people's reactions. joy is happiness that is not dependent on other people's reactions so it 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 crosses off every applause you've ever had it crosses off making your (laughs) you you realize what podcast you're on right this is the speakers pod this is like the biggest podcast for professional speakers and you just said that joy comes from things that don't require other people's reaction what about our standing ovations what about being invited back for a second year in a row to keynote And I think that can absolutely fall in the happiness category, but we've got to know the joy and the happiness category, because when it comes to the reaction we get from folks, it goes back to that quadrant of personal, professional health and relationship. There's not always going to be the audience. I mean, Tom, let me tell you, I love virtual partly because I just think everyone is just dying from my jokes on the other side of the screen. They just, they're split in the gut. You know, I'm getting standing ovations in living rooms across America right now. And this idea, though, of what brings you happiness outside yourself, I got to tell you, it's something that I think culturally a lot of people are not brought up to think about. I think that especially depending on where where you are in life, especially in middle to later age, I think you've been so other focused, whether it's developing a family, developing a business, developing, uh, you know, maybe it's a brand. Maybe you've been heavy on the investment side. Maybe you've been in service, which I think so many speakers are. And and I love that. And I mean, coming 
athlete from the events industry, that's where I self-identify as an event professional first. That's where I think of myself. And I think about the heart in which I, I say my pleasure and I don't do it for any other reason than it is my pleasure to help someone. I say it because it's true. And yet when it came to what gives me joy, what makes me happy? Well, I don't know. When you take out everyone else from the equation, it took me a long time to get there. So Tom, to those, I think listening, one of the things that I would challenge you to do is just say, if you don't know, and you can't think of anything, why don't you try some on for size? Why don't you make a list of the things that are no thanks? What do you, you make a list of the things that are wish I had time for, and then you make the damn time. I, I mean, I'm not the one controlling your, your calendar and your bank account, but I like to say from stage, you know, sometimes you ask people about what they value. They'll say friends, family, and faith. And I'll say, great, show me your bank account and your calendar. Because if you tell me friends, family, and faith, and you're not tucking your kids in at night, you're not sitting down at the dinner table, you tell me friends, family, faith, and you're not in mosque or synagogue or church or nature, whatever, whatever place you worship in, you're not tithing 10%. Okay. You tell me friends, family, faith, you're skipping out on all the birthday trips and you, you send the text right in at that 1130 time frame. just happy birthday right there. Here's the thing. I don't care. I don't care what you value. Everyone is an individual. I am very liberally minded, but don't tell me friends, family, faith, and not show up in your money and your time. That's what shows me what you value. Trust me. You cannot say you value health and go through the dollar drive through to get a Dr. Pepper at McDonald's. You can't do it. I have tried. It doesn't work. But that's where I would start is to say, okay, what's, what's the, the thing that I've always said? I wish, I wish, I wish. Go back to when you were a kid, when you were a teenager. I'll tell you, that's how I discovered I wanted to be a professional speaker. I thought about all the bands that I would love to go watch when I was in my late teens and early 20s. And there was this one band that was always my favorite band. Were they the best band? I don't know. I liked the way the lead singer made me feel between songs when he would tell me about what this song meant and how I could apply it to my life. And in a room of strangers, I was not alone because we had shared values. And that moment when that light bulb went off, Tom, and I thought, oh, my God, he's a motivational speaker. Oh, my God, I want to be a motivational speaker. Well, you know what? Great. Let's try it. I love it. And it turns out, well, me and my hand bone self, we we have a good time up there. Awesome. Well, and I will tell you that going back to what made you happy when you were young and you kind of alluded to this is, is looking back in your life. Uh, I had a rule during the pandemic, especially when things were at the darkest, that I was going to talk to one smart person every day and ask them for advice. And one person said, what was it like when you started the business in 2008 and 2009? What got you out of bed? What made you excited to be going into this industry? And I sort of revamped everything. And I kind of look at myself as a brand new speaker. I have 12 years of experience, but I look at it that I am brand spanking new and I've got that excited piece of me as I sort of retool my content, as I retool how I position myself and going back to what made me happy in 2008, 2009, when I made the discovery that I can do this is actually serving me very well in 2021. So thank you for saying that because I had that same experience. I love it. And, you know, no one's, you know, no one's paying attention to me can be sad. No one's paying attention to me gives you a permission slip 
to try it out. What's the worst that's going to happen? Please, at a worst case scenario, you're going to have a great story to tell from stage, you know, and a best case scenario, you're going to find something that you love again. You want cross stitch? Great. You want a cross stitch with a foul mouth? Great. Just, you know, stitch in some funny stuff. I I don't care. You do you. But at the end of the day, one of the the great things about that's there's a study from the University of California. Does success make you happy or does happiness make you successful? Great news, Tom. Happiness makes you successful. And more than that, you're you're more well liked. You know, you score more points if you're in the MBA. You sell more insurance policies if you're in insurance sales. But more than that, happy people are more successful and When you are more successful and when you're happy, you give more. And what does giving do? It makes you happier. And then it makes you more successful. And then it makes you give more. And it's this beautiful, I call it the ho-ho hostess cupcake. You know, the frosting on top of those little cupcakes as kids, which, by the way, has come back into my house unapologetically. All right. I, I hankered for them through COVID. Welcome back, my friends. And it's that liberating idea that your happiness, everyone who's listening to this, their happiness, if you get that twinge that says, well, you know, maybe it's a little selfish. No, the impact that it can have on your business, your life, your mental health, the people who are who are watching you, the people who take notes from you, the people who want to be you. Tom, I'm here to tell you in eight years, I'm going to think of this conversation because Tom Singer started feels like a new a new speaker in year 12 and it pepped him right back up. And you know what? It's when we start sharing about this, when we stop lying, I think, and hiding burnout as a shameful thing, that's when the power really comes into it. Wall Street Journal did a a study in, uh, I think it was the beginning of 2020, 96% of CEOs report being burned out, 11% had told someone. And, and I bet that's very similar in our speaker industry. I bet that's there. Well, you said something interesting. You cited another survey that said that people who are happier find more success. And I think people who listen to Speakernomics are happier. So therefore, everyone who's listening, keep listening, get happy, and find more success. Hey, Rachel Sheeran, thank you for joining us on Speakernomics. Thank you so much for having me, Tom. I really am such an incredible fan. I I heard about you first from your friend, Jess Pettit, and heard that she was in a mastermind with you and two other great speakers. And it's really been so much fun to get to watch and learn from you. And thank you just so much for being so open and sharing. It really, you know, you have fans that maybe never comment or never get lucky like me to be on your show, but it really does help a lot. Well, gosh, you just made my whole day brighter. Thank you so much. And for everybody who listened, I want you to join us every single week because we're going to have more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how you can make more money and be more successful as a professional speaker. And always remember the motto of this show, speak, get paid, repeat. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.